Last week I was given the uh, privilege of speaking to uh, the children in the Sunday school class and we talked about this wonderful topic of the star. And I had just gotten into the first maybe two minutes and one of the little girls in the front row raised her hand and she goes, "Uh, Pastor Don? I go, yeah. I'm thinking, boy, I've really connected with this group she says, when do we go to crafts? <laughs> so um, please don't do that this morning. I'm, I just at least wait for a little while. You can have uh, donuts afterwards. I'll, I'll tell you that. I don't know about any crafts anyway. Uh, we're going to talk today about his star. Some of the things that I'm going to share with you may be new. Because I'm not sure we have really studied or thought through all that's being said by Matthew when he talks about the star, the star that lights the path to Jesus. Uh, In a familiar Christmas carol, it calls out for the star of Bethlehem to guide us to the perfect light. And uh, I thought of that carol, and I thought about singing it for you, Then I thought, no, I don't think I'll do that to you. I had to sing that when I was in sixth grade uh, in a school performance, and I determined I'll never do that again. Uh, I was going to ask somebody else to sing. Are you prepared to sing today? Huh? She's just going to read. Okay. I asked her to read the words to a carol that I think you will recognize. And that carol has a lot to say to us about his star. By the way, this is my friend, uh, Ava Parker. Um, I've known her at the church, but I've also gone to her school. And I think my daughter was your teacher for a while. And uh, my daughter told me really good things about Ava. And some bad things. No, I... And uh, she's just one of my favorite ladies. And so I was trying to think, who could I get to read those words to you? And I thought of her. So, Ava, would you please read for us about this incredible carol? We Three Kings was written by Reverend John Hopkins, Jr. in 1862. It was the first Christmas carol originated from the United States to achieve widespread popularity. In 1916, the carol was printed in a hymnal for the Episcopal Church. It was written with children in mind and first sung by his family in a church Christmas pageant. It recounts the wonder of the wise men who followed the star of Bethlehem to see the baby king born in a manger. We three kings of Orient are, bearing gifts we traverse afar, field and fountain, moor and mountain, following yonder star. Born a king on Bethlehem's plain, gold I bring to crown him again. King forever, ceasing never, over us all terrain. Frankincense to offer have I, incense owns a deity nigh. Prayer and praising, voices raising, worshiping God on high. Myrrh is mine, its bitter perfume breathes a a life of gathering gloom. Sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed in the stone-cold tomb. Glorious now, behold him arise, King and God in sacrifice. Hallelujah, hallelujah, sounds through the earth and skies. 
Oh, star of wonder, star of light, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. Thank you so much, Eva. I love these guys. They're awesome. This carol, if you listen carefully, the words is like a prayer. It's a prayer seeking to find uh, the perfect light. What does that mean? Well, of course, the perfect light is Jesus Christ, the light of the world. And one can only imagine what the wise men must have thought when they peered into the face of God. Just imagine that for a minute. You've traveled many miles. You arrive in a place. And there, I don't think he was a little baby. Some, sometime maybe between uh, up to two years old. And you'd look at that child and go, this is God? Can, Mary, can I, can I touch him? Think of that. Creator of the world. And you touched that little kid. Maybe he said, can you come to me? Can you walk? Come on. The savior of the world. Wow. No wonder. These men rejoiced. And then they bowed in reverent awe. Before this baby. So let's follow. The light of God's word. Because it is the light. That points us to Christ today. To discover the wonder. Of this star. It certainly is. A star that guides us to. The perfect light. Now the gospel of Matthew records for us the story of this star. And Matthew wrote to substantiate that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, long-anticipated Messiah. He was Israel's desire. Israel was, had been long-anticipating a king. And Matthew's intent in writing this gospel is to make sure that we understood that Jesus was the long-anticipated Messiah. And his intent of communicating this to us becomes very obvious when you just begin to read that gospel. And the gospel that he writes for us begins with, of all things, a genealogy, a record. Dating back to the days of Abraham, to David, and then from David to Joseph. And we hear from Jesus' own lips these words to show that he is the one that the prophets have been speaking about. He says, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have eternal life. 
Jesus is saying, the Old Testament has been speaking of me. So the scriptures from Genesis to Malachi are far more than a history of Israel. It's actually, those books are his story. Now let's read from Matthew. We're taking the time because it's worth, and as I read, um, take note of some of the things that you've, we kind of read through very quickly. Now after Jesus was born, a time frame for us, in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Notice Matthew is important. It's important for him to capture that because he's trying to demonstrate to Israel that Jesus is that king. For we saw his star. His star. Not any star, it's his star. When it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he, that is Herod, inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophet Micah. Now, Matthew gives to us this passage from Micah to demonstrate, once again, that he is the one that the prophets have been speaking about. He says, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly, and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. They figured out it had to be sometimes a two-year span here, as you'll see. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. And after listening to the king, they went on their way. Here is the reappearance, I believe, of the star that they first saw. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. And they fell down and they worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offer him gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Sometimes these scriptures become so familiar that we don't really stop and try to Understand what is here for us. I refer to this star as his star, just as the wise men did. And his star was a sign from God. Let's ask some questions. 
what was his star? There are a number of options. First, it was a planetary conjunction. The coming together are two or more um, planets or stars that came into alignment so that their combined light would shine brightly in the night. Now, that doesn't take away from the supernaturalness of this event. Because think about that. It came on the night at a time to announce the birth of Christ. That's God at work. It's a great example of God's providence working all things together for good. Think of all the cosmos that he created, and then on that night, these two things came together. It could have also been a supernatural celestial light. The God of miracles could do that. Um, This light was referred to as glorious, radiant light that blazed forth. It would be like the pillar of fire that led Moses and Israel through the wilderness. That certainly would fit. God did it before he did it again. Or was it a comet that God ordained to lead these men to the place where Jesus resided? Possibly. If this star of wonder was a comet, then it too is an example of God's providence built into creation from the beginning of the world. Figure that one out. So when he hung all these stars in their place, he put one over here and said, oh, on the night my son is born, you're to enter into that sector of the, of the sky and lead these men to a place called Bethlehem. You see, this, these stars, these planets, this comet, were where God wanted them to be. They served him. They were a, a sign from God. This star was a sign from God. So either way, whichever one you prefer, I prefer all three, because <laughs> I'm not sure which of those three it is for sure. But I could tell you this, it was a sign from God of God's eternal plan. That a son would be born. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That star pointed the way to Jesus. Now, his star was foretold by the prophets as we have sung, as we've read. Let me follow, help see if you can follow this with me. Moses, I believe, foresaw that the stars would be for signs. In Genesis 1.14, it describes God's handiwork in the cosmos, the constellations. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day and the night, the sun and the moon. And let them be for what? Signs. 
signs and seasons for days and years. Built into God's creation were these lights, celestial lights, serving God's purpose. And one of the purposes was to be a sign. Was his star one of those signs originally created by God to appear over Bethlehem? Now, Jacob, as he gives blessing to his sons, he comes to his son Judah. And he gives him a blessing that is unique from all the other brothers. And this blessing gives us a clue to which of Jacob's children or sons will the promised Messiah come. The seed will come through Judah. And Jacob gives to us this prophecy, if you would, in his blessing. The scepter. The scepter is like the the rod of a king that shows his authority. This scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet as he sits on the throne, until tribute comes to him, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. Sometimes we refer to Judah as the lion. The one who comes out of Judah is the lion of Judah. Someday a great king was promised to be born. And he would be born out of Jacob's lineage. Okay? You with me? Now there's a prophet. Years later by the name of Balaam. And I believe he understood that the Messiah would come through Judah because even his prophecy speaks about this. But he adds something very unique that a star would rise to announce the birth of Israel's king. Think of that. Here's what he says in his prophecy. I see him. I see who? I see the one who's coming out of Jacob. But not now, not in my lifetime, but I behold him, but not near, not right, ready to appear yet. A star shall what? Come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. A king shall come out of Israel. Now this man made this prophecy at least 1,500 years before Jesus was born. Now, let me take you a little further. The wise men who came from the Babylon area, very likely, I believe heard of some of these ancient prophecies. Maybe from a man by the name of Daniel. You say, Pastor Donald, how are you going to support that? Let me just take you a little further. In Daniel 5.11, it's spoken about King Nebuchadnezzar. You remember Daniel was held in captivity uh, along with Israel? 
And Daniel, they saw in Daniel, if you go back to this chapter, they saw in Daniel the spirit of God. He has a spirit of prophecy. And that's why he was brought into the courts of Nebuchadnezzar. And here's what it says. King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, made him, that is Daniel, chief of who? The Magi. And astrologers. Amazing. Think of that. Daniel was placed in an interesting situation of being a, an assistant, an advisor to the strongest man on planet earth at that time. But we could also mention other names like Queen Esther or Jeremiah or Ezekiel or even Isaiah who would have had great influence upon those courts. See, these men who come to Jerusalem, they came not just because they saw a star, because what is a star to them? But they said, it's his star. How did they know about his star? I'm suggesting they have understood the anticipation of Israel to find the king who would come and save them. Isaiah. I say is also an interesting uh, prophet. Isaiah foresaw, now this just almost sounds too hard for us to believe, but it's, it's very true. He saw kings coming on camels, bringing gifts. Let's listen to Isaiah. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the God has risen upon you. His glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light. Camels shall come. I've abbreviated some of this. Shall come bringing gold and frankincense. And shall bring good news. The praises of the Lord. The coming of Christ was the big event. It's what was next on God's agenda. And some were looking for it. Others were not. We know that when these men go to Bethlehem, or to uh, Jerusalem, where they thought the king would be born, and where he would be in his little palace and have all, uh, all the luxuries, if you could, of a king. But they got there, everybody goes, what king? What king was born? We, we don't even know what you're talking about. And so the wise men ask, well, where is he to be born? I thought it would be here. So they, he, Herod has all the so-called wise leaders, the wise religious people, and they go, oh, yeah, Micah. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old. It has been talked about from of old, from the ancient of days. As we read Matthew's account, you can see that everybody agreed. Yeah, that's where he'd be born. And you said you saw 
his star? You know, what's really fascinating about this story here is if you just listen to that and the, the message that the uh, priest gave to uh, the wise men, wouldn't you have thought if you had been a student of the Bible and you said, it'd be in Bethlehem and you saw his star? What would you think they would do? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> They're going, well, let's go. We'd be wait, we know it's talked about in the scriptures. Let's all go. Not one guy goes. What in the world's going on here? But three men from afar who likely knew about these prophecies, who had heard the prophecy of Micah, goes, well, we're leaving. No one says, I'll go with you. The religious people had no interest. Even though the scriptures lined up. Even though the stars were in alignment. Um, Matthew later records some of Jesus' prophecies about the last days. And what did Jesus say about the last days? There would be signs in the heavens. These signs in the stars, the sky, will precede the coming of Christ. This is, these are words of Jesus. Immediately after the tribulation, those days the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. Then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. His star was there that night. Nobody listened. Nobody went. When this occurs, it's too late. Jesus even refers to himself as a great light. I, Jesus, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David and what? The bright morning star. What was a morning star? It's the star that appears that offers hope for a new tomorrow, a new day. And Jesus said, I am your hope for a new day. Now, his star appeared in the fullness of time, just as Paul says in Galatians. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. The star came at the appropriate appointed time, just as God had ordained, to announce the birth of his son. Now his star, we are told, uh, appeared in the days of Rome, in the days of Medo-Persia domination. 
Now, the wise men likely came from the Parthian Empire or the Medo-Persian Kingdom. And at that time, there were two world powers that were competing for dominance. Persia and what's the other one? Rome. So the wise men may have also been looking for any celestial evidence that the promised king from Judah would be born. Israel was under Roman occupation. Persia, for its own political interests, geopolitical interests, would have been very interested in any political alliance that could throw off the chains of Rome from the Western Empire. So they came with real interest for a lot of reasons. They also, we're also told here by Matthew came, that the star came in the days of King Herod. Um, that would be sometime after uh, the birth of Jesus. In our text, it says, Then Herod, when he saw that the, he had been tricked by the wise men, later on in the text, became furious. And he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem in all that region who were what? Under two years, were two years or old or under. According to that time, he had ascertained the wise men. Somehow, Herod is going to go, I want you to kill all those babies in Bethlehem who are in nursery or up to two years old. Uh, the date of this is uh, estimated to be four, between 4 and 5 B.C. Um, Herod, the king of Jerusalem, was anything but a savior. He was an Edomite or a distant relative of Israel. He was appointed by Rome in 40 B.C. to be the king of the Jews. Now, this man, if you know anything about him, was very sick. He was a sick, cruel leader with a serious bad case of paranoia. I've seen his works in Israel. He built monuments. He built temples and fortresses that would be space so that he could get there in one day. So if anybody was coming after him, he always had a place to jump to. He's like a frog on the pond looking for his pads and he's building the pads. He was married to ten wives and had a number of children. Fearful of any rivals to his rule, he murdered his wife, his mother-in-law, and three sons. Is he king of the Jews? Before Herod died at the age of 70, he made this sick mandate. This is sort of like, I want to be remembered by this. Here's his words. Nobody will mourn when I die. He's right. So collect all the fine people of the land and Jerusalem and get them all together at the moment I die and kill them all. 
so there'll be mourning in the city when I die. No one would mourn his death. So what he does is say is, I'll kill all of these people in Jerusalem, and then they'll be weeping. So Herod was a very insecure despot when the magi or the wise men rode into Jerusalem. He greeted them with suspicion and fear. And there could never be a greater contrast in all of history between Herod, the king of the Jews, and Jesus, the promised king of the Jews. Herod came to bring fear and death, and Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And the wise men set out to find the king. The king of the Jews. The one they saw when they saw his star. And when they left Jerusalem, it says his star appeared. I'm considering the possibility that they saw the star in their hometown. And knew that it was the king's star probably in the right part of the, of the constellations, or saw it moving a direction, and then they went and left. Maybe the star didn't direct them. But they did know to go where kings would be. They go to Jerusalem. And then what happens? They leave, and then the star directs them over the place where Jesus resided. That's how God does things. Put it in the creation and it not only leads people to Jerusalem but just where his son has been born what a wonderful story and his star was seen by these what we call wise men they were astronomers stargazers as you would from medial Persia They held an important position in their culture. They studied the location of the sun and the moon and its relationships with planets and distant stars, trying to read in them the clues for life or prophecies. And good fortune on earth, many of these were astrologers. Not necessarily believers. But they were understanding that star was there and it has historical significance. And there's no mention of the Bible of the wise men's names or how many came. But we know it was more than one. They were also like priests who assisted and advised kings. They were influential in making and directing the king's decisions. That's why they kept asking Daniel to come in and advise Nebuchadnezzar. Some wise men even had their own military attache to accompany them. So those who came to Bethlehem came with knowledge of ancient prophecies. And his star led the wise men to Christ. Why did they come? Well, they came to find the promised king of the Jews that had been prophesied uh, years before. They likely saw his star light up in the sky when they were in Babylon or in Arabia area. And they knew that that star was the star that had come out of where? Jacob. 
Remember Jacob's prophecy? You remember Balaam's prophecy? It's out of Jacob that the star will come. And they were able to say that is his star. And it says that they came to worship him. I looked up the word worship again just to remind myself. You know what it means? Put your face on the ground. That's humble. The word can also mean stoop or bow to kiss. Think, I think of those men coming to see Jesus, maybe sitting on his mom's lap. Powerful people bowing before the King of Kings. That's the story of Christmas. We're also told that they came bringing gifts. Wow. Gold. I understand that. That would be a treasured gift meant for kings. What better gift to give the king of kings than gold? Frankincense. It was a gift for worship. Incense. For honoring a king. And then there was myrrh. Myrrh? can be like a, a perfume. But it was a liquid that was used to dull the pain. It was a sign of what's ahead. That the king of kings would experience pain. Our pain. When he was suffering on the cross... Do you remember that they put a sponge? They dipped it in some wine, but what else did they put on it? Myrrh to deaden his pain. And they put it up to his mouth, and what did he do? I don't want it. Why? Because he came to suffer and die to experience fully our pain. No one can say that our God does not understand us. Because he does. He fully experienced the agony of the cross so that he would be our perfect, sympathetic high priest. Don't miss this point as well. It's often overlooked. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Very expensive items. They brought those gifts to a very poor family, Mary and Joseph. They're living in another country. The gifts could also be used by Mary and Joseph to sustain them during their time in Egypt. Think of that again of our God. If that star was at the right place in creation and arrived at the right time to bring people to come to the right place to worship Jesus and bring them gifts to provide for his son and his mother and dad? Do you get the scope of this God we're talking about? This God of Christmas who cares about all the details of our life? I'm taken away. He brought them gifts. 
gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Just consider this as we wind up. His star met with different responses. Some believe the report, and they plan to kill baby Jesus. Go figure. Some believe the report, but did nothing. And then there were a few who believed the report and followed his star by faith. Which of those are you this morning? To hear, but do nothing? Or to follow the star to Christ? You say, well, we don't have a star. Well, we do have the light of God's word. And if you follow that light, it will lead you to the perfect star. And it is Christ. His star has so much to teach us today. God has an eternal plan. And he will zealously fulfill that plan. The Bethlehem star is evidence of God's plan. The incarnation, the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the coronation of his son was determined before the foundation of the world. His sovereign plan was and is and will always be to save a people for himself. We're the object of all of this. Go figure. Two, God guides and directs history to fulfill his eternal purposes. He still leads his people by the light of his word and the Holy Spirit. If you're in darkness today, confusion, uh, misty days, you're wondering what's ahead, um, follow the light and the light will take you to Christ. And Christ is the perfect light. God has a purpose for each and every one of us. And God guides and protects his people. Think of the links, the extreme links that God will go to provide for us. To provide for us and to fulfill our divine purpose. Now, even though the enmity or the hatred of the serpent and his seed are seeking to hinder God's eternal plan and destroy Christ's church, I can tell you from just my own experience as well as from the word, Christ will prevail. The gates of Hades shall not prevail. Christ is building his church. The light is in the world still. And so with this thought in mind, we close. His star guides us to the perfect light. Christ is the perfect light. And if you are looking for light in your darkness, you will find it in Christ. To meet you in your place of darkness.
been wrestling with depression, discouragement, grief, Christ will meet you. He'll meet you where you are. His word will lead you to the perfect light. Thank you, Father, for our time in your word. What a, a wonderful, mysterious, incredible story. The story of your love and grace revealed to us by a star and now revealed to us in your word. We thank you for your beloved son who is the perfect light. Encourage us today, those who are here this morning, encourage them as they depart. Emmanuel, God with us. The perfect light in a world of darkness. He has come. He is here. And someday he will return to take us to be with him forever. Amen.